1: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for standing by, and welcome to the Superior Plus 2020 Second Quarter Results Conference Call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during the session, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. If you require any further assistance, please press star 0. I would now like to hand the conference over to your speaker, Mr. Rob Doran, Vice President of Investor Relations and Treasurer. Please go ahead, sir.
2: Thank you, Sheree. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Superior Plus's conference call and webcast to review our twenty twenty second quarter results. Our speakers on the call today will be Luc Desjardins, President and CEO, and Beth Summers, Executive VP and CFO. Darren Rebar, Senior VP and Chief Legal Officer, will also be available to answer any questions during the question and answer period of today's call. Today's call is being webcast, and we encourage listeners to follow along with the supporting presentation, which is also available on our website. For this morning's call, Luke and Beth will begin with their prepared remarks, and then we will open up the call for questions. Before I turn the call to Luke, I'd like to remind you that some of the comments made today may be forward-looking in nature and are based on Superior's current expectations, estimates, judgments, projections, and risks. Further, some of the information provided refers to non-GAAP measures. Please refer to Superior's second quarter MD&A posted on CDAR and Superior's website yesterday for further details on forward-looking information and non-GAAP measures. I would encourage listeners to review the MD&A as it includes more detail on the financial information for the second quarter as we won't be going over each financial metric on today's call. This will allow us to move more quickly into the question and answer period. I'll now turn the call over to Luke.
3: Well, thank you, Rob, and good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining the call. Overall, we delivered good results in the second quarter considering the challenges we were facing related to reduced economic activity Reduce activity in the oil field, and challenging other chloric acid markets and specialty chemicals. Our second quarter adjusted uh, EBITDA was $67.3 million, $8 million or 13% higher than the prior year quarter, primarily due to an increase in EBITDA from operations and lower corporate costs. I'm proud of the fact that our dedicated workforce, over 4,000 employees, have been able to maintain safe and reliable operations during this challenging time. We continue to deliver critical energy specialty chemical products to our customers and safely service the community in which we operate. The resilience demonstrated by our team members from every level of the organization gives me confidence we will continue to execute our strategy and maintain our commitment to safety and continuous improvement through operational excellence. At Superior Plus, we have continued with our modified business practices with the health and safety of our employees, our customer and local communities, as our first priority. As our propane distribution and specialty chemicals businesses are considered essential and critical services and infrastructure in all the provinces, territories and states in which we operate in the US, Canada and Chile. We have continued to service our customers that have been classified as essential. In response to the anticipated impact of COVID-19 and as part of our ongoing cost-saving initiative, we took immediate action to protect our business and financial strength and therefore of the position superior to emerge from this situation even stronger. In 2020, we have reduced our planned capital expenditure By about 30 million and reduce our expected operational expense by 30 million even though we continue to look into all those costs. So more is coming. I'm proud to tell you we are on plan for the cost reduction and capital expenditures reduction as of the second quarter. Consistent with our first quarter update, we expect to finish 20 at the lower end of our previous late communicated adjusted bidder range of 475 to 515 million primarily due to the impact of the warm winter in the eastern region, U.S. and Canada, as well as the anticipated impact from COVID-19 and the low price of oil, reduced drilling activity impacting the Western Canadian economy. Although we have an excellent second quarter due to strong propane distribution margin, cost reduction, and colder weather in April May, we still anticipate there will be modest negative impact on our business, due to the economic recession related to COVID-19 shutdown and the lower price of oil and reduced drilling activity. We have done a super job in adapting and adjusting to the decline in our sales volume related to slowdown of the economy and the low price of oil, which enable us to maintain or adjust the our guidance for 2020 at the low end. I'm proud of our employees and our ability to respond quickly to this unprecedented situation. I would like to mention some highlights of the second quarter in recent weeks following the end of the quarter. On June the 8th, we announced that Brookfield would invest $250 million U.S. and are superior to an interchangeable preferred share investment, and we closed the transaction July 13th. We have used the proceeds from Brookfield Investments to immediately reduce our debt and leverage and we plan to use our ample liquidity and ability to execute on acquisition. To more aggressively pursue acquisitions, primarily in the U.S. retail propane distribution space. We have never seen a backlog of potential acquisition as we have right now. On August 3rd, we closed on the acquisition of Champagne Energy, $27.3 million U.S. Which had an additional 42 million liters for our U.S. propane distribution business in the main. We have many opportunity to growth acquisition in eastern U.S. and in California, and we have a robust, like I said earlier, bigger pipeline than we've never had in the last many years. We expect there'll be more acquisition opportunity coming out of the economy down as many small and mid-sized propane retail distributor companies have been negatively impacted and lost commercial customer demand and increased cost to do business. As there are many of them are aging and there are 70,000 percent of the whole market in the state being independent, no doubt that people are re-questioning their life going forward and more and more deals will come our way. We continue to realize synergy from NGL retailers acquisition and our recent token acquisition. We still expect to exit 2020 with at least 24 million U.S. and run rate synergy related to NGL. We were able to reduce our operating expense in U.S. propane distribution business by 5.5 billion in the second quarter compared to prior year quarter to workforce optimization initiative utilizing our superior way operating platform we developed in the Canadian propane distribution business and we're now applying it to our U.S. business. Second quarter of the of operation was 76.9 million, 5.5 million or 8% increase from the prior year quarter probably due to higher results from U.S. propane and Canadian propane. I should have said by some lower results from a specialty chemical. In the second quarter, the U.S. propane results increased compared to prior year quarter due to higher margin and lower operating expense Partially upset by lower sales volume. US propane EBITDA from operation for 2020 is anticipated to be lower than 2019, but not by too much, but primarily due by the significant warmer weather experienced in the first quarter. When you think of it, the first quarter warm weather cost us 30 million EBITDA, and we are calling it that will be on our guidance this year. So partially upset by incremental contribution from token acquisition didn't have too many in the past, there will be a lot in the future, and complete our 2020 and fourth quarter of 2019. The incremental synergy related to NGR acquisition and the second acquisition. An the interpreting result for the second quarter were modestly higher than the prior year quarter due to decrease in operating expense and higher average margin, partially upset by the decrease in volume due to the economy. Canadian propane dollar from operation 2020 is anticipated to be lower than 2019, somewhat, primarily due to an expected decrease in sales volume and average unit margin. Factors offset by a decrease in operating expense. Sales volume expected to decrease due to the impact of COVID-19, reduced activity in oil and gas in Western Canada, and the related low price of oil. Specialty chemical demand from operation the second quarter was somewhat lower primarily due to the decrease in sales volume of chloragamide price. I should by a modest increase in and sodium chlorate price, the decrease in electricity cost and a reduction of operating expense again. Specialty chemical demand from operation for 2020 is anticipated to be lower in 2019 Due to an expected decrease in Chloric ally gross profit, partially upset by a modest increase in charge on Chlorate gross profit and a modest decrease in operating expense. So now I'll turn the call over to Beth to discuss the financial results in more detail.
0: Thank you, Luke, and good morning, everyone. I'm looking at the financial highlights for the second quarter. Our consolidated second quarter adjusted operating cash flow before transaction and other costs per share was $0.23 per share, which was $0.05 higher than the prior year quarter due to the increase in adjusted EBITDA and decreased interest expense, partially offset by an increase in cash taxes. Interest expense decreased primarily due to lower average interest rates on our variable rate debt and modestly lower average debt levels superior consolidated net income of $7.5 million compared to a net loss of $29.3 million in the prior year quarter, primarily due to higher unrealized gains on derivative contracts and foreign currency translation of borrowings and lower SDNA costs, partially offset by an increase in income tax expense. Turning now to the individual business results. Canadian propane EBITDA from operations for the second quarter was $21.3 million, a $1.2 million increase compared to the prior year quarter, primarily due to higher adjusted gross profit and lower operating expenses. Adjusted gross profit increased compared to the prior year quarter, primarily due to effective margin management and a low wholesale propane price environment, partially offset by lower sales volume. Average unit margins were 19.4 cents per liter compared to 16.9 cents per liter in the prior year quarter due to margin management initiatives and customer mix, partially partially offset by modestly weaker wholesale propane fundamentals. Total sales volumes were 360 million liters, a decrease of 77 million liters or 18%. This was primarily due to reduced demand in the wholesale Oil field, commercial, and motor fuel segments. Average weather across Canada, as measured by degree days, was 2% colder than the prior year quarter and 8% colder than the five year average. Operating expenses were 6.4 million lower due to cost reductions in response to lower sales volume. U.S. propane EBITDA from operations for the second quarter was 27.1 million. An increase of 14.3 million compared to the prior year quarter. This is primarily due to average unit margins, higher average unit margins, and lower operating expenses partially offset by modestly lower sales volume. Average unit margins were 46.2 cents per liter compared to 38.7 cents per liter in the prior year quarter. This is primarily due to lower wholesale propane prices and effective management of pricing in a low commodity price environment, the impact from the translation of U.S. denominated gross profit, and to a lesser extent, customer mix related to a focus on organic growth of higher margin propane customers. Total sales volumes decreased 11 million liters, or 5%, primarily due to the lower commercial and wholesale volumes, partially offset by higher residential volumes. Average weather, as measured by degree days, across the markets where superior operates in the eastern U.S. was 30% colder than the prior year quarter and 28% colder than the five-year average. Colder weather has less of an impact in the second quarter due to lower demand from heating and use customers. Operating expenses were 5.5 million lower than the prior year quarter due to cost reductions related to workforce optimization initiatives and realized synergies from acquisition. Turning now to specialty chemicals, EBITDA, off, EBITDA from operations for the second quarter was 28.6 million, a 10 million decrease compared to the prior year quarter. This was primarily due to lower gross profit, partially offset by lower operating expenses. Gross profit decreased due to lower chloralkali sales prices and volume and lower sodium chlorate sales volume, partially offset by higher sodium chlorate sales prices and lower electricity mill rates. Operating expenses decreased primarily due to cost reduction initiatives related to COVID 19, lower freight costs related to reduced sales volume and the impact of the closure of the Saskatoon sodium chlorate facility, which occurred in 2019. Lastly, to talk about corporate results and the adjusted EBITDA and leverage guide. Corporate costs were $7 million, a decrease of $1.5 million compared to the prior year quarter, primarily due to lower discretionary spending and cost reductions related to COVID-19 and the lower LTIP expense related to the share price decline. Interest expense was $24.3 million, a decrease of $2.2 million. This was primarily due to lower average interest rates on variable rate debt and modestly lower average debt levels. Interest rates on variable rate debt were lower due to interest rate cuts by the Bank of Canada and the Federal Reserve in 2020. In the second quarter, Superior had cash income tax expenses of $2.6 million a modest increase from prior year. We still expect to finish uh, to finish at the lower end of our 2020 adjusted EBITDA guidance range of 475 million to 550 million, primarily due to significantly warmer than average weather experienced in the first quarter in the US, as well as the anticipated impacts from COVID-19 and the lower price of oil on our business and our customers. Average weather is measured by degree days for the remainder of 2020 Is anticipated to be consistent with the five-year average for Canada and the US. The low end of the range accounts for warmer than normal weather for the remainder of 2020, further weakness in economic activity in Western Canada, further weakness in North American caustic soda and hydrochloric acid market, and any further volume declines related to COVID-19. The high end of the range accounts for colder than normal weather for the rest of 2020, wholesale propane market fundamentals, similar to 2019, increased drilling activity in Western Canada, improved North American caustic soda and hydrochloric acid markets, and a, a faster economic recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic. From a debt and leverage perspective, the total debt to adjusted EBITDA leverage ratio for the trailing 12 months as at June 30, 2020, was 3.7 times compared to four times at March 31, 2019. The increase in the leverage ratio from March 31, 2019 was primarily due to higher adjusted EBITDA and lower debt as cash generated from operations was used to repay debt and the impact of the stronger Canadian dollar on the translation of Superior's U.S. denominated debt. We're confirming our guidance for total debt to adjusted EBITDA leverage, at December 31, 2020, to a range of three to three-and-a-half times, consistent with our prior disclosure on June 8, 2020. With that, I'd like to turn the call over to Q&A.
1: Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, as a reminder, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone to ask a question. To withdraw your question, press the pound key. Please stand by while we compile the Q&A roster. Our first question will come from David Newman with Desjardins. Please go ahead.
4: Good morning, folks. Good morning. Good morning. Strong results. Good um, with a strong quarter though, effective margin management, I think you I think Luke you flagged last time you had ten dollars to eleven million in permanent savings. FX is working your way, and then you close you're going to close champagne uh, and congratulations on Champagne uh in the in the third quarter i would have thought you might have raised your guidance more towards the midpoint of your range so you touched on it and you know certainly q1 was was tough but the guidance was provided at the end of q1 then you had a better quarter what are the key reasons you think overall your for your caution is just covid oil and gas western canada caustic rolling over and hydrochloric acid Maybe long-winded question but just trying to get a sense of where your head was at on on setting the guidance uh, where it is. That's a very good
3: point. And uh, maybe your style, I'll start in a bit and give you more color. There's no doubt that there's a lot of variable things going on there that we cannot uh, forecast as completely as we did in the past years and be more in tune by the million uh, which we did in the past. Here, there's more variable out there. That some are many of them outside of our control. Very confident with our guidance. Things are really moving well. But to take a chance to change the guidance at this stage, there's still quarter three and four ahead of us. So we kind of figure we're, we're in the guidance, and that's what we decide to continue with our past communication and. We that the type, as you know, that changed guidance from quarter to quarter. So it's a bit, uh, uh, we just wanted to be cautious and maybe bet, uh, more detail that you could add to that.
0: Sure. Just to put a little bit more context around it, um, You know, we're pleased with the second quarter, um, but it is a lower quarter from a contribution perspective overall for the year, as you'd be aware. So yeah. if you think of a range of 475 to five fifteen. It's roughly 20 million um, on each side of the midpoint. So again, to put Q2 in context, it was higher by 8 million versus 2019, modestly higher than potentially our expectations, but that would still have us within the lower end of the range if you want to look at it in in the magnitude of the Q2 um, outperform. Um, And again, as as you'd flagged, being cautious from a COVID-19 perspective, um, you know, we didn't we didn't necessarily see as much impact of propane as we initially would have expected, but we're seeing more headwinds on the chemical side. So from that perspective, as we look at it going forward for the year, um, from a a cautious perspective and not knowing exactly what is going to happen, uh, we were comfortable with um, the low end of the range.
4: Okay, well, we'll stay tuned. I'm I'm sure you'll beat your guidance uh, uh, by the end of the year. (laughs) Uh, Second question. On Canadian propane margins, the build out of there's a lot of build-out of the export capacity in Western Canada, of course, and the Western Canadian market could tighten. Do you think there's a, a chance here that it could drive the basis differentials uh, between Edmonton and Conway's? And I guess, ultimately, what is your forecast on, on sort of the Canadian margins? It was a good, great quarter from the margin perspective. Well, what should we anticipate there? Yeah.
3: And, you know, uh, over 90% of our propane comes from natural gas, so there is a high level of confidence that there won't be a tight market out there, that we will have enough su- good supply in the fall. And then when it comes to the difference in price and um, what it for our wholesale business and for our retail, uh, uh, that's I'll ask Beth Holt that.
0: Yeah, and, and referring to the Edmonton Conway spread, uh, towards the end of the quarter we did see it moving more towards the five year averages where it has been more robust for the first part of the year or the first half of the year so you know overall when we were looking at the second quarter the second quarter you know those differentials were lower than you would have seen in 2019
3: mm-hmm. so
0: we would expect them towards the remainder of the year to come back more in line with that with the five year average and you know fundamentally if you want to think about that being lower than we would have seen in Q2 in the beginning or the beginning of Q2 and in Q1 it reflects the fact that you know the western canadian market right now is quite healthy from an inventory perspective and domestic demand also has seen some pressure from the reduction in the oil field activity so again our expectation would be more so the five year average differential
4: okay and similar in the U.S., propane prices have have recovered from the lows I guess earlier in the quarter uh, to some degree, and um, you've had a very effective margins on the back of that. Any forecast like this is a very lofty number again. Uh, so on the U.S. side, uh, should we be modeling a little bit lower than what uh, you know what what you had in the quarter?
0: Yeah, we would we would expect so the low propane prices did allow us. Um, to pick up some incremental margin um, from some of the customer base. Um, We are expecting with the commodity prices um, recovering and being a little higher for that ability um, for the remainder of the year to be narrower. Um, So yes, um, that's a long way of answering, you're correct. Um, If you want to think of the U.S., you know, bringing it back more in line when you look at the whole year to the margins, which is at 25 to 30 cents US or 34 to 41 cents Canadian, um, is a more reasonable range to look at for the whole year, and, and similar in Canada. Okay. Where we
4: were at. Yeah. Excellent. And last one for me, uh, chloral has been weighed down by caustic rolling over, and and, and then the downward slope in hydrochloric acid, which doesn't seem to stop. You know, So taken together the sodium chlorate where the volume, I'm not sure if the volumes are coming back or if there's some of the outages, but what does the second half look like for specialty chemicals uh, overall?
3: I could start, and Beth, I'm sure you have additional point to make. So we did adjust our forecast to be a bit lower in the chemical for the next six months. You know, price of caustic was going up, first, second quarter and now it's went down. Yeah. Because uh, uh, on the flow rate, uh, you know, we have enough of our sales for this year are all planned, so we're in good shape there. And a bit lower flow rate volume because one of our big customer has a big uh, outage in the plant and they have to repair the plant and probably will, won't be back until the following year, next year, 2021. Um, so it's kind of a little bit less on sorry, because of that particular customer. Now we're trying hard to place it on export. We have some good export business and a lot of connection around the world. Sometimes last minute, so it could be hard to place. <clears throat> but the uh, and then for next year we have about 25% left of our, our rain contract to to fill up our plants for next year. So that's. When you think we're in August, that's kind of reasonable, even not so bad at all from next year prediction. So, no you now I guess, is the 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 area that's more difficult to predict. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt on chlorate, you know, it's a very solid, sustainable business, and we do export. But this year, with COVID, uh, all the offices are not using a lot of paper. <laughs> And we we're, we're only I'm, I'm hitting th- print at home a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, uh, now we don't have a lot on the on the paper side of our total mix, about seven percent. But our competitor have and that creates a competitive you know, more pressure from, from our competition to get volume that comes available uh, month by month. So Net-net, we did reduce our forecast uh, to be cautious for ERCO for the rest of the year. We really think ERCO, when you look at 10 years or 20 years, three, it's pretty much at the bottom of the cycle right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it might stay there for another year or so, but uh, we're looking at different angles to get ERCO back to more growth in the future, we'll see. I'm
0: bad, I'm like, I'm sure I'm well, I, I was just going to say, um, you know, to summarize at a high level, maybe one way, as opposed to going through it on a line by line or a, a product line by product line basis initially. Anyway, is that the the second half um, to be, you know, modestly better than the first half in all the product lines, potentially other than hydrochloric acid, which is which is you had noticed, I think, from our perspective. Still has a lot of pressure on both price as well as on
4: volume. Mm Mhm. Well, excellent results, guys, and uh, appreciate the uh, comments. All right, thank you.
1: Thank you. Our next question will come from Jacob Bout with CIBC. Please go ahead.
5: Hi. Good morning. Jacob. Good morning. Uh, Let's talk a bit about uh, M and A. Now that Brookfield uh, has closed, um, you know. How are you expecting to uh, step that up? Um, I noticed you had that one small acquisition uh, for Champagne. Um, maybe talk a bit about the multiple you're paying and, and are you know are things getting a little bit more reasonable uh, in the U.S. right now is from a valuation perspective?
3: Yeah, I know, and I've, I've said it before. I think you you can't let a crisis uh, go to waste. Huh? I've heard that. I think it was Obama that said that one day, and it kind of clicked with me. So that's why we're taking so many actions to stay on on course with our Ibiza and guidance. And it's happening to it's helping. What's happening is we kind of didn't go hard at acquisition uh, until Brookfield came in. So for the last year, we were not, you know, uh, pursuing uh, acquisition as much as we could have. And the main reason was. You know, we didn't take the market like the fact that we were four-time leverage. So now that now that we could read and we could uh, have a good anchor investor with us as a great partner, and then we have uh, the, the COVID and a lot of 70% independence. it's just kind of changing the landscape big time. We're getting uh, more call than we never received, we have a lineup of acquisition that's very robust, and uh, um, you'll see us uh, starting to roll them in at a much higher level than the past. Or, um, higher, in the dog, better quality business. You're paying, you know, at the high end, we'll pay eight times. We don't want to pay more than that. Average, we're probably paying seven uh, on, on deals. And then when you look at our business model, which We've built it more than once, and we've analyzed it against every propane company in North America. We can analyze it with, and we know we have a, a more differentiation, a more glue to stick with customers, sticking with us, and a better operating the cost of uh, the industry by a good tune. That when you put it all together, I uh, always say everything we buy, we improve by twenty-five percent. So. 7 becomes 6 if there's not much overlap, or 8 becomes 6 even if there's more overlap. So in a great position, never been in a better position than right now.
5: If we think about it from a capital allocation perspective, um, you know, you're at the low end of your leverage range, but basically there uh, at three times. Um, So should we assume that these token acquisitions would be just in in line with you know, free cash flow after dividend?
0: Yeah, I think I think from our perspective, um, as we've always communicated, our target is three to three and a half times uh, while we're doing tuck and acquisition. So it would be our expectation um, to remain within that three to three and a half
3: times. Okay.
5: Um, turning to uh, Chlorate, um, so a change in tone there. Um, sounds like you have a, you know, fairly major customer that's down. Um, How long does that continue for? And uh, as we think about the back half of the year, I think you were talking about chloride volumes actually being higher year on year in the first quarter, I think you're down 12%. Is that what it's gonna look like for the remainder of the year?
3: I think so. I bet it's, it's, that, that customer is not coming back until early next year, so they need a good six months to repair?
0: Yeah, the, the expectation is that, that that customer would be out um, for the remainder of the year. Um, we did identify some incremental export sales, um, but certainly we are seeing pressure from a COVID-19 perspective on chlorate as well.
5: Okay, so you, you could be down double digits uh, for the back half of the year.
0: Um, you know, I I would say from our expectation around volume, I, I would say, you know, our initial gut feel is something closer to 5% for the back half of the year from where we would have been in the front half of the year. Yeah.
5: Okay. Last question here is just on cost restructuring. Um, so it sounds like you've made some, some headway in the quarter. Um, you know, what are your – plans to further reduce costs. What have you learned during this pandemic here? Um, I know we've heard other companies talking about you know some of the efficiencies around working from home, you know, real estate costs, that type of thing. Um, you know, what what's your thinking right now?
3: No, there 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 are absolutely even we've announced thirty million of cost reduction, we're actually continuing on that path to say, what do we need? How do we go forward? and re-questioning everything. And we will end up with additional cost saving. It will be in the tune of uh, you know, uh, not not having as many locations uh, and mortar, that we have. It will be, uh, uh, you know, there's some saving on, on we learned through COVID that we could run some of their operation with less people. Um, on the Western Canada, we had reduced the personnel, the operation, and we had not done the same at the next level, and we are doing that right now because there's less volume in the oil field. Uh, so this is a continu. No, we're in the continuous improvement on everything we do, and we know there's always room on cost efficiency. We're including two project and additional digitalization of our fleet and our dispatcher and as we unfold those projects that are more using the data and the digital to standardize and restructure some of our operation, there's project going on right now and they will bring benefit and once we have it in the region, let's say Western Canada or Eastern Canada, we start somewhere we unfold across the country, then we unfold all those best practice in the states. There's projects like that going on, there Jacobs like. It will never be a stop, but there now there's, there's millions and millions of opportunity
5: to continue to be more efficient. We'll leave it there. Thank you very much. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Our next question will come from Ben Isaacson with Scotiabank. Please go ahead.
5: Oh. Hi, thank
6: you and good morning. Um, morning. Most of my questions have been answered, but just maybe two more. Um, One on the multiples with respect to M&A. First, is there a difference between multiples uh, that you pay for acquisitions in California versus uh, the eastern seaboard? And uh, and then maybe kind of a second part to that question is, under a Biden presidency where tax rates presumably go higher to about 28% or so, would that not result in lower multiples being paid for EBITDA as EBITDA is worth less on an after-tax cash basis?
3: So I'll answer the first question, and Beth will take the tax question. On. The, the multiple are the same east or west, and the reason for that is this is a small business, and it's on its own, and EBITDA's not too big, so you pay seven. This is, wow, good scale, and then you have to pay a bit more. So East or West, California or East Coast, pretty much the same. We do have more synergy when we acquire the East Coast right now because we have more, more operation. And uh, the first, uh, the acquisition we'll do in California will bring a little bit less synergy, let's say one turn with our operational effectiveness versus two when you have overlap of branch and offices. And because we don't have the scale yet in California, we will one day. On tax, Beth?
0: Yeah, I think from my perspective, yeah, from a valuation perspective, as you look at a discounted cash flow on an after-tax, that, you know, it would have an impact on returns. So I would think longer term, um, with those types of changes coming in place, that will have an impact on multiples. But again, I don't know that you'd necessarily see that immediately. Typically what you'll see is these tends to roll in over time.
6: Great. Uh, next question is uh, on your cost-cutting efforts, uh, you talked about $30 million and being on plan. I just want to understand, is that all recurring uh, cost savings or is some of that one-time? Or if, if it is all recurring, is there additional one-time savings that you're seeing as a result of COVID?
0: But yeah, I think from a savings perspective, of the thirty million, think of it um, from an operating perspective. Roughly half of it would be ongoing.
6: Okay, so just so I'm clear, uh, fifteen million recurring next year, thirty million this year, half of which is one time for COVID.
0: Yep. Yeah, adjusting. Yeah, 15, rough ranges. Yep.
3: Fifteen million adjusting to that volume, so if volume comes back uh, next year. Uh, no doubt we'll have more truck technicians and more truck driver to do the job. Probably nothing at the top. We we'll don't need more people at the top. And then the 15 million is, yeah, which by the way, if you look at half of the year gained this year and the full running rate, is it going to be 15 for next year for the full running rate for 2021? Yeah. Okay. So 15 million. Yeah. Okay.
6: Thank you that's great that's all my questions thank you very much
1: thank you thank you our next question will come from steve hansen with raymond james please go ahead
7: yeah good morning guys um luke it's just thinking back to the A here again for a minute uh it's obviously topical on the back of the brookfield deal i'm just trying to get a sense of what the complexion of your business is going to look like in the u.s in a couple of years you've, you've obviously got you know a great deal of work still to do I understand that but you've already also got a, a big list of M&A targets you know sort of at your disposal you know is the complexion going to change much at all uh, from a and market standpoint I'm just thinking retail versus industrial commercial uh, are the exposures going to shift west coast east coast uh, or you know are you going to fill in the Midwest gap that's still there you know, how, how should we think about that as you look to deploy this large amount of capital you got at disposal now
3: yeah, so no doubt we, uh, the East Coast and West Coast is what we have in front of us for the next many years unless a special event comes that uh, we certainly would look at everything that's called propane, the thing. But the, uh, we don't look at retail is, retail, commercial, industrial, you know, we're 75% and not retail in Canada and we're 80 plus percent in the state's retail. There's plus and minus on both. You get more affected by the weather when you retail versus commercial industrial. Uh, Economy slow down. Retail not much, you know, right now we see it, there's not much uh, reduction in volume and then you have it in commercial industrial so it's balanced. Covering the Canada east-west where you get more, less effect on the weather in Canada because we're could be warm in the east and cold in the west and overall you have more balancing act and less, less big variants. Right now, we're skewed in the east, so we, as you saw in quarter one, we got affected more by the weather because we're retail more in the east. One day we'll be all the way in the east coast, north south. One day we'll be everywhere in California and probably even coming in from California east, uh, on the east side. So I think if you look at, uh, we're doing our five year plan every year. We're doing a member to do digital uh, review with our board. Uh, there's no doubt we're going to grow the state by the tune of a couple hundred million of the up. We'll cover the East Coast the West Coast. We'll get our synergy that we've been able to achieve. And we'll be a business that will be made skewed towards energy big time versus energy and chemical.
7: Okay, that's helpful. And just maybe as a, a follow-up, if I may, and as you think about, again, that list of yours, that's quite long. Um, you know, is there is there not a good rationale behind going after a lot of the smaller tuck-ins to really exploit synergy opportunities? I, I'm just thinking back to the NGL deal that you did a couple of years back now, and, you know, it was a bigger step out. You were still able to glean, you know, a good amount of synergies and more than you initially targeted, but it came with less. And so I'm just trying to think about that between platform deals that really broaden your reach versus the densification benefit of, of smaller tuck-ins, and, and, and what kind of mix we should expect?
3: Thanks. Yeah, to predict uh, who's for sale and when, hard to do. There's not too many large enterprises. And there's only three. And then the rest, there's some mid size. The size, let's say, 25 to 50 million. Uh, and then the small one, 1 to 5 million a bit of. We're going to look at them all. Uh, it's uh, we, we we won't segregate, say,
8: because one day we want to be doubling up in the state, So we won't say
3: it's a small one that's not acquired today, that's acquired a mid-sized one. We're going to say it's a propane business. Can we improve it 25 percent? Is this on East Coast and West Coast? Yes, let's go buy it. Let's go do it. Uh, the question of... Uh, we won't segregate small, medium, or even large. If we have opportunity to go bigger, we're certainly not against that. You know, I I don't know how many business and industry out there that you know we don't have a lot of growth in energy. It's a reasonable one two percent growth industry. But when you think you have a machine and a business model that makes everything you buy the Ken West of this world, the NGL the Champagne and on and on coming, that you improve the bottom
7: line by 25% and you pay 7 to 8 times. Let me tell you, my friend, we're going to roll them in as fast as we can. Okay, fair enough. Thanks
1: for the caller. Appreciate it. Thank you. Our next question will come from Nelson Ng with RBC Capital Markets. Please go ahead.
7: Uh,
9: great, thanks. Um, in terms of the uh, just the first question relates to especially chemicals on the chlorate side, um, the 12 percent reduction in volumes, uh, could you give a rough split in terms of uh, whether it was due to lower demand versus higher levels of uh, maintenance and, and that forced outage from, from the, that large customer?
3: Okay.
0: Yeah, roughly if you want to think of it as split, think of it as a twenty eighty split. Twenty percent was the customer outage, eighty percent is the uh, impact scene, which we would say are COVID nineteen impact scene.
9: Okay. And then Beth, uh, just to clarify, you mentioned that for the second half of the year you expect you expect chlorate volumes to be five percent lower. Is so it 5% lower than the first half of this year or 5% lower than the second half of last year?
0: Second half of last year.
9: Okay, got it. Um, and then the other question I had on the chemical side is uh, in terms of the uh, the, um, the chlorine and H-cell volumes that are down materially, has that been causing you, like, is that the main driver of um, of lower utilization rates. Like I, I know caustic is the more valuable product for you guys, but um, has the reduction in demand or uh, or, or lack of demand um, materially reducing your operating rate for your your uh, chloralkali side? Yeah. Yeah. I
0: mean, we're what we're seeing from a chloralkali perspective is our operating rates are between 75 and 80 percent. And you're correct. Um, That's a result of our ability to move the chlorine molecule. We are converting now roughly 50% of our chlorine into hydrochloric acid. And you may recall we've been as high as 65% 75% historically. So that is influencing um, how much we can produce and how much caustic we're selling.
9: Okay, got it. Um, And there's just one last question in terms of um, Teckins. So, you mentioned that you're looking at a wide range of, um, of tuck-ins, does that champagne tuck-in, is, is that a, like, I guess, uh, can you call that a typical size for, for a tuck-in, like are most of the opportunities you're looking at in, in that range of roughly, call it $27 million US?
3: That's a small size, it's in a small size and there's a few that we're looking at um, mid-size. Okay. All
9: right, thanks. I'll get back in queue.
3: All right,
1: queue. Thank you. Our next question will come from Patrick Kenney with National Bank Financial. Please go ahead.
10: Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Good um, Just wanted to go back to the propane margins here. Uh, you know, it looks like the market is uh, tightening up here in Western Canada. I know your guidance assumes... You know, similar wholesale margins this winter compared to last year. But, you know, as West Coast propane exports continue to rise, um, curious to get your thoughts on how you know, stronger Edmonton pricing might affect your wholesale operations going forward and, you know, your overall margin per liter uh, performance relative to your base guidance. Yeah,
0: and again, from our perspective, we would see returning back to sort of average, and that's specifically talking about differentials. Like you'll recall in the wholesale business, um, average differentials, that's factored into the guidance, but if you think about um, the margins from a retail customer or from our retail propane businesses, um, think of commodity really um, from a business model perspective as a pass-through. Um we have, based on margin management, as we talked about, picked up a little bit of incremental margin as a result of that in both the US and Canada. Um, from a Canadian perspective, to give you a bit of a sense from our um, residential, um, or residential or our retail propane, um, that margin impact was roughly one cent. So this is one where where we were at nineteen cents per liter for the quarter. Um, why we're saying, you know, think of us for the whole year being more so at the high end of our uh, typical 14 to 17 cents per liter guidance.
10: Okay, thanks for that. And then um, maybe more on the volume side. So we saw the Enbridge, um, you know, Line Five pipeline temporarily out of service this quarter. Obviously back online now. But um, assuming a scenario where you know there is an extended outage in line on line five either because of operational issues or legal challenges what have you um, you know how how are you guys positioned to take advantage of uh, the drop-off in pipeline deliveries through the Midwest maybe you can speak to both your distribution business as well as any opportunities on the wholesale front
3: you know no doubt that the uh a week and that line 5 covers the Chicago region and then from the lake goes to Sarnia. So it's a big uh, 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 input of propane in the east coast of Canada and if you recall it and they finally quickly resolved it and now you're right saying is there more potential discussion um, do they have to do some repairs on the line and promise that to stay open? Uh, uh, no, no we're, we don't take those stuff. We don't know how things could happen. And a couple of weeks of hiccup could come back again. That's a good point. And it could be in the winter time. So if you look at the two events that happened recently with the propane that had the difficulty from rail to moved to the east, to Quebec and Maritimes. And we were, for a few weeks, the only company in the east of Canada that could service our customer properly. Uh, and the reason for that is we we're really scale uh, uh, everywhere in Canada and on the east coast of the USA. Then we have our wholesale business in, in California, that's pretty big. So when an event like that happens, our professional people, in Calgary, who works for that, they're like tweaking stuff every day from a logistic. And what happened last year, with the, it was too great, one of them being the, the rail, we started to move propane to the east coast of the USA and move it north from the east coast. That's how we could service our customary Quebec Maritime. So that's always in our mind as to what's the plan A, B, C, what are the events, where do you buy cheaper and, and ship it to what location we have. There's 25 people doing that every hour of the day. So hopefully we can continue to find solutions because of our scale, our size, our storage, and our wholesale business. But uh, hopefully there's never a big crisis where everybody runs out. I don't think that can happen because it's... Really, uh, for the people in the Chicago region or Ontario, Quebec, and we we're talking about other home and commercial business getting hit with that. So, don't think it'll ever be that kind of crisis. But
8: certainly, something we look
3: at and we look at other solutions if this was to happen. Beth, anything you want to add to that?
0: Um, I, I mean I think the reality is as we approach the business, we're always focused on security of supply for our um, you know in internal business or our um, retail protein as well as the wholesale customers that we have. So we do try to diversify supply. Um, we certainly are focused as a business to ensure that we have rail yards, et cetera. We're making some investments in transloaders to try to ensure that we have um, other options as disruptions occur. Um, Certainly line five would be a very large disruption, but uh, having seen that, we have really focused um, all of our talented people in that business to to try to come up with strategies and ways to address um, if we do have further disruptions from that perspective.
10: That's great, I uh, appreciate all the color. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Our next question will come from Joel Jackson with BMO Capital Markets. Please go ahead.
2: Hi. Good morning. Uh, I want to follow up on the good margin performance. Um, can you help us bridge you, in U.S. Propane in the second quarter, you had about $14 million more margin in that business for $0.08 cents a liter. Can you help bridge how much of that uh, was from FX, was from good cost management, some synergies, uh, maybe help bridge how you got the $14 million in uh, $0.08 cents a liter? Thanks.
3: Okay, thank you, Joe. I mean, I, it's
0: probably the easiest way to do it is sort of on a, a cent per liter basis. So if you want to think about it from the impact on margin, um, the, um, looking at margin specifically in the low commodity environment, think of that as roughly two cents. From a foreign exchange perspective, think of it as roughly one cent. And then we do have a change in the mix as well as we focused on the higher margin residential customers um, compared to some of the other discolent and other commercial customers. So that mix impact would have been roughly in that range of 4 cents.
2: That's uh, really helpful. And if you think of the FX tailwind that you've seen in 2020, can you maybe quantify that in terms
9: of your overall for your EBITDA guidance?
0: Yeah, from an overall EBITDA guidance. Um, the impact is minor, and that's because we do hedge both our cash flows as well as EBITDA.
2: And, uh, so uh, think of question. it
0: as being a, a modest impact from an FX perspective. It'll impact the um, EBITDA from operations, but a total overall adjusted EBITDA basis because of the hedging, it's a much muted, more muted impact.
1: Thank you very much. Oh,
5: okay, Joe.
1: Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this does conclude today's question-and-answer session. I would now like to turn the call back over to Mr. Luke Desjardins for any further remarks.
3: Well, thank you for your question, and I look forward to speaking with you uh, after the third quarter. This is an exciting time for Superior, as we're well positioned to execute on our growth strategy to acquisition, and we can significantly improve the operation uh, with any business we acquire. Thank you for listening on the call and supporting us through this challenging time and again I would like to thank our management employee very proud of the action we have taken and the agility that we have to respond to situation and our ability to uh, continue to look forward continuous improving of every scale that we we, we deal with. So thank you for your participation. and. Uh,
7: Of being upsold at gyms, my guy, you're currently a base member. For ninety dollars more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For hundred and thirty more, you'll be a swole member. And for just three hundred dollars more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy. Always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May tenth. See home club for details.